Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. How's everybody doing today? Not too bad. How about you, Mike? I'm doing well. Just kicking it up with the coffee. I, but for whatever reason, I woke up early today. I was up at like 5 a.m. just couldn't sleep. Too excited to talk about external tools. <laughs> so I'm already happy and ready to go. And I got my coffee now, so we're good. Nice. Uh, my daughter had her first snow day. She was uh, devastated. That's right. You had yeah. guys had a ton of snow coming oh, through yeah. there. I, I was looking the. Just... It was get, I was getting notifications on my phone said snow's coming, and I'm like, I don't, I don't see any snow coming. What are they talking about? <laughs> so it must have all gone south of us. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not often that we we get missed when Chicago gets massively hit. Yeah, it was a big storm that came through. We got it. Yeah, but you're so. safe, warm, cozy in the home. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. especially another reason to be warm was, uh, my my Dell G3 all of a sudden. Randomly, I tried to sign in. It did an update. Oh, I was having issues this week too. Everything's been crashing for me. Oh, the, the weirdest thing—it created a it created a local user on my computer, and then mine. I would click the sign in button, and yep. it looked like it was going to go to the password and yep. go back. Weird. And I something's weird going on. They've been updating so I, something that screwed stuff up. I think. So I, I literally just went screw it, and I just restarted with the computer, like reset it. Oh wow! You just said just, I couldn't. I couldn't get in. Wow. Couldn't get in. But hey, hey Tommy, yeah. have have you have you received any calls recently is, where it, has somebody the, wants to has the prince of, share on your computer? Has the Prince of <laughs> Africa said they want to you've just won two point five yeah, million right. dollars and did, did you let them take control? <laughs> I'm still, yeah. Oh, but um I did actually get on Microsoft support about not being able to sign into Edge and I think that might have done it because we did something with Intune. Anyways, point being, restart the computer. Yikes. And but you need an internet connection. It was all the stuff. How to like go like okay, yeah. if you click shift F twelve eighteen to, times. Welcome to burning your morning. Goodness yeah. me. Yeah. So but do you know how long nowadays it takes you to get your computer back to like Oh, where nothing you anymore. Like it, I'm not concerned about deleting everything because no. nothing's on the computer. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Same. I, I have every every so a pattern that I use in my company and I instruct my my people to do the same is if you have anything on your computer, I take all my files. I work on them on my desktop screen. I work on the file there if I need to have a file. If I start a new PBAX file or whatever, I start it there, do my work. And then when I'm done at the end of the day, I require myself to clean off the home screen of my computer. My home screen computer is there's no icons on it. There's no files. Every day I clean them all off and put them away in folders inside OneDrive or SharePoint sites that I work off of. And that way I know everything's backed up. It's all saved in the cloud somewhere. So if tomorrow my computer dies, there's only one or two things or two, one or two applications that I'm actually nervous about. Actually, my son and I have been playing Minecraft on, I've been on the PC, he's been on the Xbox. So I've been playing Minecraft with him and he's like, we found a world that was super fun and had a whole bunch of treasures in it. And he was like, dad, this is the best world ever. I'm like, okay, I got to find that world and save it just to make sure we don't lose it. Yeah. So I saved all of my Minecraft worlds because those are hard to come by. But other than that, like I can, yeah. I can literally blow away my machine. All my code is in GitHub. All my mm-hmm. other stuff is in SharePoint. Like it doesn't matter. You, can you just sign start up from scratch. Your extensions are yeah. done. I'll yep. do one of it. OneDrive for business. You can move the location of desktop. So my desktop's actually a folder in OneDrive. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, so, I turn all that stuff off. I don't even do. I don't sync, even worry about that. Syncing, yeah. syncing your local yep. to the SharePoint oh, folders. So, yes. Oh my like, gosh. That's all yes. I do. Yeah. Because yeah. that way I don't have to move all the files in there. Exactly. Right? So automatically it's just saved to that location. Hundred percent. Even yeah. if you do crash and you're working locally, it's tied into that cares. that synced yeah. folder. Maybe yeah, you lose a day of work, crazy, but not a big man. deal. Right. And yeah, like with, with everything come you can a long sign, way. Yes, yeah, it has. With, with everything you can sign into, like Outlook remembers your settings. You know, VS Code will yep. download all the extent. And you're like yep. good to go. Yep. And the only pain was Power BI because you're like all the preview features. <laughs> <laughs> only the thing we talk about all the time. Yeah, the only thing we talk about is like, all right, I gotta start over all my connections and all that history was gone. And then one of the things I use all the time, Segway, uh, the external <laughs> tool. Segway. <laughs> that's a, so this is a great lead in tommy this is it's super great leading and this is why you yeah keep going i know where you're going but, with this one but honestly like external tools like i i literally sign in do the my settings the way i want to and power bi but the next thing i have to do is external tools because yep. i use them so often. all the time yeah so but obviously this would have been a pain in the wait butt. wait wait hold on hold on 
where do you get all your external tools from? That's the important thing. Where, where do you go to get all the tools? Because I just released last night a big update to a tool that we produce that help you find all these things. Where'd you get your stuff from, Tommy? Yeah, you go I download them sponsoring, so... <laughs> <laughs> um business ops by power bi tips yeah basically oh man it's huge it's huge like, it's a big it's a big file it's a big file but it yeah. has everything like everything there, there's a couple we're still working on adding some more tools we have discovered some new ones that we kind of just stumble across because we're we you know we scour the community for these kinds of things so we're adding a couple more tools here and there there's some more tools that we want to integrate uh, but man uh, I had to give mad kudos. So a gentleman from the community, James Bartlett, is incredible. Dude, dude is super sharp. Works for Des Moines, Iowa University, uh, uh, university, and um, he's just like, I love Power BI. I learned code stuff, and this is fun. How can I help? And I was like, Dude, I need help with 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 <laughs> the external tool stuff because there's so much of it going on. I need a hand. And he was like. Yeah, I'm happy to help out. He's jumped in. He's helped me update stuff. We've been making things more efficient. We're making improvements. Like, it's great to have another mind mm -hmm. to bounce the code things off. So, James is crushing it. I got to, I, yeah. I'm going to, I just got to say it. I, this thing would not be as good as it was without the help of James because he's Absolutely. really stepped up and gone and done like, you know, a ton of extra work. And I'll, for those of you who don't follow him, he's, he's an up and coming star, I think, in the Power BI community. He's, uh, really pushing for things, and I'll I'll I want to really pressure on man. Yeah, no no pressure, James. No pressure. Uh, but uh, I'll throw his link here. Go follow him on LinkedIn. He's a great guy. He has a lot of good tips and tricks, and he's just in the weeds with Power BI. And he's like us. He's cut from the same fabric. You know, birds of a feather flock together. I guess is what they call it. <laughs> he's so. he's with us today. So chat if you want to thank him. Yeah, thank him. Remember. He's in the chat window as Tell we speak. He's got any he's bugs. The next the next versions of <laughs> go, greatness. Go go find the git repo tools. and tell us we have bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to give it one other one quick other shout out to another island I've never met before but my scanner API. Oh yeah. People are having trouble with the I saw an update this week. With the flow because if you're kind of outside the region or if you have like a thousand workspaces which I'm surprised more people than I thought do in their tenant. Yeah. Uh, I was getting a lot of issues. They're like, yeah, I can't, it doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, how many data sets? are like, well, I have a hundred workspaces. I'm like, holy crap. Wow. So, uh, but uh, another Iowan, Zach Johnson, who I told him to reach out to James, um, help fix the flow. So that's great. But going real back to business ops, I, I'm surprised there's no other competition for that. Because do you know how hard it is? to even find new external tools that come out telling you i said a google alert that yep. gave me a bug yep kind of thing <laughs> yep i'm telling you dude uh, so a couple things that we do with business ops right we go find the external tools we reach out to the authors of those tools and ask them hey do you want to be part of this li library of tools that we're producing we have made and so this is the hard part right we've made a method a strategy some you know we have some ip around how do we work with those people to connect to them and get their latest versions of their tools and kind of bundle it all into one package. So we've got all the tools. It's ALM Toolkit, DAX Studio, uh, Tablet Editor 2, Tablet Editor 3, and a whole bunch of other just really helpful tools across Huge the internet tools. that are, some of them are like really robust. You know, there's um, Analyze in Excel that's in there from SQL BI. We've got a couple other ones that are just kind of around. So uh, some people have made some PowerShell scripts that are super helpful. Steve Campbell, another guy who contributes, he's another MVP who contributes on Power BI Tips, has split PBIX files. So if you have a model, if you have a model and report combined as one thing, he wrote a tool that allows you to take a copy of that file. He deletes out the data connection on one of them, so it's a thin report, and he deletes out all the pages on the other file and makes a thin uh, the model ref model portion of the file. So he has been able to to craft his way around again. Granted, unsupported, so you know, use at your own risk. Uh, but but he's able. To, so you can now, with a one button click, make a model and thin report from any report. And I've seen a ton of YouTube videos of like, do these like, fifty steps to make a thin report. No, it's one button. Click this button. With, click this button. That, it's done. With it, it, it's hilarious that some of these things are unsupported because without them, my solution wouldn't work. Yeah. Right. Oh, like hot swap how, connections. How do how do I how do I back up and restore yep. a model from one workspace to another with a thin report? Can't do it. I, I don't. You can't. I, I have to take the thin report, peel out the connection, connection. to the old model, yep. and and point it at the new one. Exactly. That's Steve's tool. That's Steve's tool. You, you can make yeah. a freaking data flow from your desktop file. Yeah. 
That's amazing. It's so cool what so. they can do now. So anyways, if so, for anyone who's listening, please, in the chat window, if you have found a tool that you have not observed inside Business Ops, we're looking for more of them. And Business Ops is more than just external tools now. So Business Ops also does your theme generation. So if you use Business Ops, you can actually add Business Ops as an external tool into your desktop file. And it's a one button press to get to themes. So we have the theme generator automatically built and inside Business Ops. Additionally, we also have DAX.guide as your helpful helper for any DAX formulas. So Business Ops is your one button click to get to DAX.guide. And then um, the other one we just recently added was DAX.do. So if you want to test code or test some DAX statements, you can now use DAX.do directly in Business Ops. So we're we're based Business Ops is more than just a bunch of external tools. It's becoming like the single your place that you're going to be able to use to get all of your kind of documentation, information, stuff around Power BI. It's going to be a single downloader that you can just get into, leave it open on a different screen, just work in it, and it's going to continually add more help and content for you building better and faster reports on essentially, you know, inside Power BI. So we're really excited about it. Nice. At least I am. So this is the <laughs> best mechanism to add external tools, bar, bar none. Uh, I'm surprised right? you don't like, have any competition. You don't, you don't have to find... For Tommy. a gallery. Tommy, why are you surprised? Because out. I spent weeks of time, of my own personal time, to figure this thing out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, was not easy. I, I had a build well, an building an entire desktop application from scratch. Like, I'd never built a desktop application before, so I had to figure this crap out. So, yeah, it's... Sorry, Seth. I, I had, so, had to tamp down Tommy here. Why there's? No... <laughs> I didn't say. I'm glad. Says the so one who's never built you. a desktop application. Oh, Who it's said it so easy? easy. Who said it was easy? I just said I'm surprised Tommy, someone else Tommy. hasn't had the idea. Tommy, we don't. We don't need conversation. <laughs> here comes the conflict portion of the uh, podcast right. episode. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Before we even talk about the actual topic of, of actual topic the, of the, the day. Podcast, All right, now they're done. The intro. Not the container. <laughs> yeah. What what are external tools? So for the for the audience, that's a good right? idea. Like, hey, we're we're Power BI folks. Uh, depending on what version you're on, if you're on an older version, you may not even know what we're talking about. But as of like I don't know six eight month maybe a year, right? There's there's been a new new part of the Power BI desktop called external tools, and if in the past you didn't have something like Business Ops, you would have to go out into the ether and try to find out who made a Power BI external tool. And, you know, the Italians were front and center with, you know, DAX Studio. Um, there was a release right out of uh, Microsoft announcing ALM Toolkit and um, I think Tabular Editor. Like that was part of the blog. Those were the mm -hmm. three things. And then, uh, Mike, that's when you started investing a bunch into yeah. consolidating and finding, but then it exploded. There were a bunch of new tools. Oh, totally. We had tools that we wanted to throw in there. Yep. And essentially, these are all open source or third-party tools that have been created yes. to make building Power BI reports or managing or deploying or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. um, kind of add-ons, right? Like if you think about Excel add-ons, like yeah. all of the new features and things that they allow you to do within the program um, are now bringing those capabilities into Power BI for all of us to use. 100%. And so that, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Probably, in particular, several of our favorites or ones that like are amazing are external tools because I couldn't see myself living <laughs> without them. <laughs> right. 100%. And maybe they have a little bit more direct support. But, yes. um, you know, I think we're going to get into why some of them are extremely important. And it's amazing that they did release it i never thought there'd be anything like it but it makes a lot of sense because of the way if you if you look at kind of like the tech background of a power bi model uh you've always had ability to connect to it it was always the you know copy of the port like it connects actually a an essential server and a, a local host on your computer every time you open power bi desktop mm -hmm. which allow and again it allows you to do a lot of things we've always had the tricks with Marco Russo's had Excel tools in the past, obviously DAX Studio, yep. but it was always like you had to manually connect to the Power BI report. It's always been in Power BI, the ability to, in a sense, connect to it outside of the tool. Correct. Um, but what external tools, again, allows is use that capability and do some really, again, to assess point, 
really configure the model, either enhance view, you know, view the, um, you know, the metadata or actually edit the model outside of Power BI. So I actually, with Elm Toolkit, I remember the, it must have been three years ago, four years ago, um, North Carolina for the Pl Power Platform Summit. It was before even Elm Toolkit was out, but it was in the GitHub repo. And a guy, uh, someone I met there was like, there's an application in this repo. So he basically tried to build it because we saw, we basically looked at the code and saw what it was going to do. Like, oh my gosh, like this change management idea was crazy. And this was before there was actually any application. So that ability with LM Toolkit, for those who don't know, hmm? it's basically ability, it's just tracking a source and target, almost like a GitHub repo uh, when you're doing a commit. Yep. Say what's changed in the model. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a code-based yeah. tool. So every so <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, like the inner workings of Power BI, this is where every single thing you touch, every setting you turn on, incremental refresh, adding a measure, all of those individual objects of the Power BI file turn into some sort of JSON level asset mm -hmm. inside the object of the data model. So every time you're touching something, you're writing a little bit more code. And so all this tool does is basically breaks apart everything into its components. So if you have parameters, it shows you the parameter from Power Query. If you have a table being loaded, it shows you the parameters of said table. If you have a measure, all the things that go along with the measure, it's formatting, the formula itself, um, other details, there's thing called a lineage tag. So Microsoft can track different assets and as they change inside the data model. There's a whole bunch of really interesting things that have been happening here. One thing I'll note here, and this is a total random rabbit trail. Have you guys noticed if you rename tables or rename measures, like certain parts of Power BI, the data model, stuff just automatically rebuilds itself now. Previously, if you would rename things, stuff would break, right? If you would rename like a table in like Power Query, it would it would break anything that was touching that table. All your relationships would break, the visuals would break, everything would fall apart. I think they've added the lineage tag to help track assets regardless of their name. So now okay. if I change a Power Query table name from, you know, Michael's amazing data table to Seth's amazing data table, when you hit load and apply, the name of the table changes, but since the lineage tag did not change, I don't get a whole bunch of breaks across the, the model. It's been a way That's better experience crazy. for me. That's crazy because, so it does that with columns as well. Everything, everything has a lineage. Man. If you if you look at the ALM no, toolkit. No, I didn't notice it because you get so hyper, yeah. you know, focused on like, oh <laughs> everything crap, else. changing this column in the yes. view. Everything's going to blow up blow downstream. Up. So lineage wow. tags, I think are, I think they've, I think Microsoft <laughs> recognized the fact. Where did I miss that? Well, think about <laughs> it, right? Well, this makes a lot of sense when you're doing things like composite models. The lineage tag is essential for having models of models because you yeah. can't use a name of a column mm -hmm. anymore because that causes all kinds of problems. Because that's when they realized the issue. That, that's when I think they realized the issue. And so with that, after that, when composite models were coming out, someone was like, oh, wait a minute. We need to step back and say, that's not helpful. We need to have <laughs> lineage tags on everything because well, now everything thing, links this, via lineage this tags. This object still exists. Yes. If they just changed the name. We probably shouldn't nuke everything. Yes. Well, yeah. well I had we, crashes. If, yeah. I, oh, so did I. if I connected Your to a model mind, yeah. and made a measure in the thin report that matched the same name like, as a measure yeah, in I'm, the main report. What I'm, what I'm shocked at. It blew like, up. That, that's a single blog in and of itself, man. Like, we we just made your lives 10 times All right. easier. Well, we're going to do rock, paper, scissors for who has to write that blog. Oh, One, no, two, like, three, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I discovered this yesterday and I thought, you know what? I think that's what, again, I don't have any confirmation on this. This is totally Michael's speculation. But if I'm thinking through, like, the changes I've been seeing in desktop, I've noticed things not breaking as often for like renaming of things. And I think it has something to do with lineage tags. So I gotta, I gotta go talk to some inner people. Maybe I'll go hit up Phil C. Mark and be like, dude, what's with lineage tags? Can you give me some insight here? Cause I'd like to be able to, to get some like confirmation. Like, yeah, this is a, okay. So for any of the Microsofties who are up very early and can't sleep in Seattle land, uh, cause I know this is very early for you. Go ahead, give me some confirmation in the chat that this is this is a thing. Or you know, is Alex Alex, Alex Powers? Alex? Can you give me a link for this one? Is there a link, Alex? We can we can throw down here for this. So, anyways, that that, that would be crazy. Cool. We'll see. We're, we'll see if that actually some yeah. some yes and some still broken for me in the in the chat. So 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. Check what version yeah. of desktop you're on. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so like of of the external tools we use the most, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like ALM Toolkit. And if uh, if you're SQL folks, it's very similar to like SQL Compare, yep. where you're, you're comparing database and the objects within them. Immensely helpful. I think a lot of these tools that we're even talking about um, cannot let, you can't have a a big premium environment without using them. Um, mm, because oh, I make we cool. make changes to our large models with with these yep. tools. Yep. That without them could not do. You're 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 kind of hamstrung. You're bound by weekends or when you're refreshing the model or pushing out it. You know, I mean, republishing the whole thing. And ALM Toolkit is one that that I've uh, used right out of the gate. And for people who aren't familiar with external tools or are nervous about using them, right? There are some core ones that you should be fine with. One is Parietta tips, anything right? <laughs> themed theme stuff we build for you, you know, that's in there, Yep. but correct. with ALM toolkit, that's Christian Wade. Like he's one of the guys, if not one of the best, right. like one of the guys at Microsoft who yeah. knows tabular models built this thing a long time correct. ago. And has just been iterating it and making it better and better, and now it works with with Power BI. And so, so yeah, it's awesome tool to understand yes. the comparison between even versions, right? Like yes. you you have a ver old version of a Power BI file, and then you start mucking around with it because you had a bunch of changes in your new local, and you can compare the two. Oh, what did I break? What what was that old thing that I now just overwrote my DAX measure that took me a half a day to figure out? You know, <clears throat> so lot of value in seeing kind of the history or you know those two comparisons of uh start and finish and then pushing your your changes into yeah. the new one yes and for those who are wondering too an external tool doesn't necessarily have to be an application and i think this is the other side of this for a lot of people who would just want to get started it can actually be just connecting to an excel file yeah or one or of a, the tools a link, right or a link or basically like it'll export your metadata or the actual tables in it. I've actually used that a lot where it'll actually just export all the tables. Mm -hmm. yep. But I, when you actually look at the, the workings of external tool, Ike Friedman has one of the coolest um, tools. That's just really an Excel or Power BI report file that um, will um show you. Um key. Um key. Um key. Um key. Um key. Um key. I'm trying okay. to say her name. It's a different way I had to say your name. I do the same um thing. It's um key Fieldman, I think is the name. And, yeah. and she has her own, well, she's, it's an Excel file that connects right. into a Power BI file. It's technically right. not an external tool Well, because you have I to go download it. the Excel file and then yeah. use it that way. You, you said you created it? Well, I, yeah, because you just change the, you just look at an uh, external tool file, just change the direction of it, where it points. And I could I could open up Power BI Desktop or the Excel file. At, Did you just say you have an external tool? Well, no, I created a file Tommy, that connects to send that, else. send that to me because I'm going to add Why that isn't to. That an but external it's, tool? I didn't do the Excel file. But no, it's, send send, yeah. send me what you send me your, okay. your PBI tools file because that's the, okay. I've been trying to add that one. I haven't found a good way of adding it. So yeah. okay, that yeah, was that's I'll one that. I want to add. That's on my yeah. list. Anyways, mm. this yeah for those listen, it's an external tool that basically just points to an Excel file. That will basically open up the, um, the you know, like the machine and tell you what columns you should keep, but it's not an application. So there are so many tools like that that help in your workflow. I think it raises the question because we could go on to each one. Um, it's not that type of podcast, but uh, are why are they so important? We're I think we're talking about some of the reasons right now, but I guess like are they essential? Obviously for us, but for anyone who claims to be a Power BI pro, should they say like you have to use them? Oh yeah. If you so if in interviews, if you tell me I know Power BI, I'm expert at Power BI, I will ask you what external tools do you use? And you better say ALM toolkit, you better say DAX Studio, and you better say tabular editor at least two, hopefully tabular editor three. If you're telling me you're a pro. And if you're just say you use Power BI, I'm just, you know, a couple of years in. I may not expect that of you, but if you tell me you're managing stuff, that also indicates to me how big a model you're actually working with. Because if you're not working with big models, you're probably not using these tools. So if you're working on small models, you're probably not doing this stuff. Yeah, it, this is this is one of those role things, right? Like if if the Power BI role is in a business unit, or you know you're not you're not working with large models, I think it's okay not to have some of them. But like, sure. why aren't you using DAX Studio? 
right? It, it, you know, like you for for just seeing your model sizes for you know doing all the things that it can do as far as code and, and validation and things like that. I I would have almost at one point in time left tabular editor out of it because it's a perf like the, the it, it it's light years in terms of like what you can do from the code base but now i i would probably agree with mike in that there are even some things that my team is doing as far as like making schema changes on tables and deploying those live without having to refresh the partitions through this stuff i i like they're taking it to another level as far as what these tools can do so yeah i would i would 100% agree like those three bar none if you're playing with big premium and you you're saying that you're an individual that can step into that space mm -hmm. and you're not familiar with all of those components, then you're, you're not, you're not playing in them the right way. Right. <laughs> yep. So but let's say you're in a non-premium because I, I wouldn't want to um, penalize someone for their organization, not have premium. If you're still, let's say you say you're a power BI pro, like you can create reports, you're, you say you're one of the best that are hiring me. Do you still need to know external tools yes. or use it? Okay. Yes. If you say you're the best, yeah. you better know these things. Yeah. And I agree with that. So because yeah. if someone that means if someone says no, that means they've probably never used Vertipak Analyzer or looked at their data model. You again? Yeah. You haven't you dealt know, with big models if you haven't had to go tune and rip out columns because your model's hitting thresholds on pro licenses. Like that's a, that's a model that's like over a gig in size on a pro license. I hope you've had bigger models than that. So I th I think the the interesting thing here is you know external tools as as we probably haven't articulated a ton right like there's a ton of different tools out there mm -hmm. some are more useful than others right Agreed. some like different versions of like what are you doing in your report all the different objects measures etc like are like the theme generator going to a link to help you build the theme stuff like that but like those three are on the opposite spectrum like mm -hmm. they're the enterprise tools for yeah. power bi right it'd be it'd yeah. be like back in the day you not knowing how to use visual studio and say like you build a tabular model right <laughs> like well it, these so these are the actually that's a horrible analogy but like, <laughs> the, the, the fact is that, like these are the the things you would find in visual studio yes these are the these are the enterprise tools that you would need to know if you're developing and working on large models within that Power BI premium ecosystem. Yep. So I agree with you. So we we talk about ALM Toolkit, um, DAX Studio. How, how often just... are you guys using that versus Tabular Editor? Well, it's interesting now. Um, I use DAX Studio for really one purpose, and that's query timing. Um, yep. Basically looking at like how long a, a query is taking, kind of breaking it down. But everything else I do in Tabular Editor. So. Yeah, and there's there's the Vertipak Analyzer, which has now been integrated in many different tools. It, Vertipak mm -hmm. Analyzer is its own tool, is a tool in Tabular Editor 3 and uh, not 2, but just 3, and then also in Dex Studio. So okay. I use the Vertipak Analyzer to look at what columns I have, oh, huge. How, big is, how big is each of the columns, am I using all the columns, where is most of my data being coming, the data storage coming from, because I'm trying to tune the model to make sure that I'm not overwriting too much data into a, a single table, right? I don't, I don't want to, if I'm having GUIs as keys inside a, a data model somewhere, that's going to eat up a lot of memory somewhere. Is there any way I can design around that so it's not so memory intensive? I mean, that's what I'm looking to tune. So that's, that's a tool. But Tom, you're right. I don't think there's any other tool that I found that does better. If you write a DAX query and then execute it, um, right. DAX Studio is the place to go for that one. It's it's super fast to, to use it. And what I'll do a lot of the times is I use DAX Studio to write custom data queries to go back to a data model when I'm doing embedded things. So if I need a singular table out of my data model and I don't want to render it in Power BI Desktop or Power BI Visual, I want an application to go touch that query. What mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll make the table that I need inside Power BI. I'll go to the Performance Analyzer, turn it on, record the data that right. was created when that table's made, take the auto-generated query, because it's written, it's beautifully written. The, the, the queries yeah. that are auto-generated for tables are very well done. There's variables that are made. Each filter inside a calculate statement or some kind of table summarize, whatever that is, is made as a single variable. So it's very easy to read. And then all of that can then be just sent right into tabular, or sorry, DAX Studio, 
you drop the whole thing in, evaluate this statement against the model, and boom, you can return a full table there. Well, yeah, and the fact that you can see what the each iteration of your query is doing. We talked about yep. this uh, last episode where it's yep. creating a DAX, you know, function is creating a DAX measure yep. out of your measure. Yep. But it actually breaks down the the timing, like how many rows did this evaluate and how long did this take? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that goes back to where you don't necessarily have to be a premium, uh, you know, admin of your company to use external tools. If you are developing, um, you know, DAX function or like a pretty intense uh, intelligence in terms of uh, advanced DAX, you better have had a reason to use this yeah, to does. optimize your own performance. Someone chatting about this one, Tommy, in the chat window. Does Tableau Editor 3 have IntelliSense for DAX? I think it does. Oh, oh yeah, I think it's better. Yeah, it's be the, the IntelliSense. It's better than the desktop. Yeah, IntelliSense on Tableau Editor 3 is the best IntelliSense I've ever seen for DAX. Oh, my gosh. And you can even, yeah. like, what you could do in a full developer tool is if you call out a measure in the middle of a calculate statement, you can right-click that measure and say, show definition, or and it will actually show you the definition of where that measure came from, and you can go in and look at nested queries, and in line, as you're editing things, it lets you see those. It's incredible. And now there's, yeah. there, now there's the DAX debugger, which I haven't played with as much, but I've gotten a couple of people who've been playing with it a little bit now. The DAX debugger is like next level. Like this is, this is, this, this is crazy ahead of like, I don't, honestly, I don't build anything in desktop anymore. Yeah. First thing I do, I'll open a desktop file. I hop right into tab editor. I open that sucker up because it's multiple windows. I can pop things out. I can rearrange my landscape however I need to. If I need to drag an extra window outside of a tablet editor and hang it out on the on the corner of my screen, I can totally do that. It is the way to go. It's absolutely incredible. You know, I completely agree. So the DAX debugger, just for those who haven't seen the update on that, for all those times that you're trying to use DAX Studio or your visual to try to see what the filter context is, and you're trying to hack your way to that, DAX debugger basically will tell you per line where the evaluation context is, and you can actually add your own in. Mm -hmm. Granted, I know it's not universal, so it's a little limited in depending on what your queries or your DAX function's doing. Uh, so if you have a very intense uh, measure, the debugger won't work as of now, mm -hmm. but it's it's getting there. But no, I, I agree, like Tableau Editor 3, and this could be just a podcast about that. like. I can't remember the last time. The only time I create a measure in Power BI desktop is for a live connection because yep. Because it's Tableau Editor doesn't connect to the live connections. That that is that is the one downside of most of these tools that I see here is there's this whole thin report area where not a lot of the tools are supporting the ability to go into a thin report and see what's built inside the thin report. Uh, I think Umkey's tool is is doing that i think you should actually point her tool at a thin report and it'll actually rip out the measures that are in there but that's one of the challenges that i find with some documentation that i build mm -hmm. for reports is you you have this report and then how do i get all the details out of it so some of these tools will help you easily get out the definitions of the model all those kind of great things the thing you can't get out of this thin reports is the measures that are created inside the thin report so there, there's mm -hmm. i think stuff's coming um one of the tools we we haven't talked about yet is is it called PBI tools from Matthias? Oh yeah, the it's still pretty early beta. It's, it's still pretty early, like, yeah. but that's another one that I, it has a lot of promise. And so, the the way, all right, this is going to get super deep here really quick here. Uh, I've been talking with him. I'm trying to figure out a way we we, we got to sync up a bit more because the goal is to add his tool into business ops as well. Figure out how we can find a a connection point there additionally. But um, oh yeah, there it is. Thank you, James. Action BI Toolkit is is the name of the tool. Holy smokes. This one is an ability for you to then decompress the PBIX file, not for the model, but for the visuals inside it. So we've always had issues around, um, I made a change to the model or the report. I don't know what changed. You just kind of like take it on free will. Like, here's what happened. We move forward, we change it and move on. BI Action Toolkit or Action BI Toolkit takes the Power BI file, all the visuals and stuff like that, and decompresses them into small little JSON files that you can go check into code, and you can rip apart a Power BI file, recompile a Power BI file, all via code. Incredible. So I'm really excited about that one. Um, I'm looking forward to I've played with it a couple times. I think it's got some real strong potential. Um, again, I'll note here, 
totally unsupported. So if you, <laughs> if you if you rip apart files with and without this one, it's not supported by Microsoft. They have not published a standard around the the visual part of a Power BI file and how you can take it apart and put it back together. But um, what what is in that tool is next level stuff. That that when that one turns into an actual UI that you can leverage and do that with files, it's going to be amazing. So it's really cool. That one's got a lot of potential. <clears throat> yeah, it does. Well, and a lot of these tools too. Like I yeah, I can't wait to see a the UI or what that's going to do. I think it's right now just DevOps. I don't know if it's GitHub for in terms of the, what it's supporting. Yes. Based on some of the documentation I looked at. Because that is an interesting route people are going. Um, for those who don't know, since it's not a Power Apps um, podcast, but I think it does know at this time because we're seeing more of this transition in the Power Platform. Uh, what you can do in a Power App now is actually connected to a GitHub repo. So, I've actually been using this where, and what that basically does is you make a change in the power app, it'll save to a GitHub repo. And then using VS code, I can actually make a change in the code, like what the extraction and um, commit that to GitHub and that will update the power app. So if I need to change like a data source, if I need to actually change what something says. So, but it's that ability in terms of that, in a sense, the Git history or the being able to commit, see that different history and actually see everything beneath uh, uh, behind the scenes. This, and Power, Power Apps, is, the team has been doing a huge parts with that, like extracting an, uh, a Power App file mm -hmm. and basically see, you know, really treating it in a sense as that no code, pro code kind of thing. And I think we're seeing that more with Power BI. Yes. We're now with Power Apps, I can actually change the um, the layout. So if I actually want to change a label to be from, you know, all the way to left, all the way to the right, I can do that in the code. I don't even have to open my browser. Um, and I think maybe Power BI is getting there too. We've talked about this in bulk where everything we're talking about right now is really model based, yes. not necessarily Correct. report based, except yes. I think the re the report analyzer by um, uh, Michael Kolovoski. <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to butcher all these names. Yeah, we're we so sorry. Names. We're just yeah. going to use first names on everything. Michael, thank you for your tool. We know who Michael you are. <laughs> I will try to capture all these links and put them out there as well. Uh, but he's also, he's from the Microsoft team working on stuff, and he's building separate tools that are helping you at the report level, mm -hmm. visualizing the visuals on the page, where they sit, if there's anything alignment issues. He's looking, He's again, he's interrogating the PBIX file and producing output tools that you can kind of get into it a little bit more. Yeah. One one strikes me, Mike, that isn't part of business ops yet. It is, and and no, what, oh. what I, is is a tool I'm thinking about that um, maybe this company should should reach out to you to get their their tool into that. Uh, it's a small small company. They own SQL Server Management Studio. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically, right, like all, when when you're working with large models. Yeah. SSMS is part of this process, yep. right? Like yeah. logins where you can refresh your partitions, take a look at what's going on, look at the the power query, modify the power query in there. You know, it's a it's another avenue to to the tabular models on the back end. That's true. I've I've been, been kind of letting Microsoft Management Studio Shell <laughs> should probably be an external tool in, yeah. in the well, repertoire there. Another so this is I don't know if this is an external tool, but this is another tool that I use alongside Power BI. I use the SQL Server Profiler, so uh, Profiler mm -hmm. SQL Profiler as well, yep. and I use that a lot when I'm trying to understand what my incremental refreshes are doing. And not all the time, but I do it maybe the first couple of times I refresh a model to make sure that it's building things correctly and I can see it doing its thing. That that's part of my february presentation that apparently i'm doing around incremental <laughs> refresh now uh so i'll have to I'm, I'm putting that one together there's a lot of demo pieces for that one so i just got to make sure i have a good rep a, a robust demo of data coming in with partitions and such in there but that's another really good tool that i i really really like and use that fairly frequency uh, fairly frequently oh anyways you know, it is interesting though too. There's probably a way to do that without Microsoft's direct support. For those who are listening, who actually do have some dev experience, I'm realizing the more you get into Power BI, the more you can't escape having to understand PowerShell a bit. A lot of these tools actually utilize PowerShell to make that connection. Um, so if you hated PowerShell, you're unfortunately gonna have to probably look at it to make sure some things work. But 
I would say the tools that are not necessarily a direct application or point to an application like an EXE are utilizing PowerShell to connect to the server, the database and opening up Excel or opening up whatever file it is. So if you wanted to create your own external tool, maybe you have something that you do your own workflow, there's probably a direct way to actually create an external tool yourself. And it's not terribly, the tool, not the app guys. So before we, we go on fire again to create an external tool or at least create a connection to it is not necessarily a tedious effort. If you have some basic PowerShell knowledge and you have something you're doing like an Excel file, you want to open to connect to that local, that model. Yep. What I, what I will say, if you, if you are a budding developer and you want to build things, I would recommend not trying to use PowerShell. There are other tools that are out there. So PowerShell is probably the easiest, maybe the most kind of like, you know, you're, you're trying to automate things on a desktop machine, you can do a good amount of things there. However, what I would say is there's some other tools, like you could actually do this with um, Python, and then you can bundle a Python file into an exe file, which is actually my preferred method. So most of my methods for building external tools are around creating like an exe file that you would execute from desktop and then pass in connection strings into there. So that's, that's kind of my preferred method. So yes, there are a number of tools that are out there in PowerShell, when I've worked with those developers, everyone's like, yeah, my solution is not the best, but I was able to hack it together and make it work. So I feel like a lot of the PowerShell solutions are like, yeah, it works. And, and, um, and, but a lot of those individuals are like talking about like, how would I make it more robust? And they're, they're talking about learning or building something else, like a little tiny thin application around how to make their own extra external tool. I will say this too, if anyone is in the community listening or on, you know, coder people there that are on the, on the audience, please reach out because I'm looking to start a project here where we enable more people to build external tools. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to build like an accelerator, right? Instead of using PowerShell, here's another, give, give some simple examples around how would we do this with building, be able to build a simple exe file with good documentation on GitHub. I'd like to build a repo that could let you do essentially the same things that PowerShell is doing, but without having to have the PowerShell as a part of your solution. An so, external tool, external tool. Well, it's more like documentation, how to do it, right? I mean, it's like yeah. some best practices because I've been playing around with tools. As soon as external tools came out, I've been playing around with them. Like I was there from the very beginning and I thought this is a great idea. And I think Microsoft, one of the things I think Microsoft has missed here and a couple features for desktop is they build, Microsoft builds the infrastructure. They build the components and they build the definition of how things work. That's what they do really well at. They think through all the design criteria, they take everyone's input and can build something that everyone can use. What they're not doing and what I wish they would do more of would be open up more of their tool to third parties, applications, external, like they're getting there with a couple of these things. A big miss was on um, the um, quick measures. Quick measures was one of those things that you could have totally opened up. Themes was the first thing they opened up by allowing you to import your own themes. But we don't have a folder in Power BI Desktop where you can stash all of your old themes and just pick from a list. So I so in the same way they do the same thing with external tools, they have a folder that you can securely add uh, external tools into and it then calls them. I want the same thing for themes. Give me a folder where here's a general folder in the users of my of my computer, these are all the theme files that I'm going to use. Let me just dump them there. Just go pick them up every time desktop loads so that way when I hit the theme button, I have all of my custom themes already pre-built and stored inside desktop. Well, if you can have organizational visuals, you should be able to have organizational That's what themes. I'm saying. Like, so these are like really, so, you know, Microsoft, if you're listening, all <laughs> one of you, uh, you know, please open up your tool more, give us more capability to build tools that complement and supplement your tool. I think the the excitement around external tools and how much stuff people built very built very quickly, like people were building tools were like, I'm gonna connect Tableau to a Power BI local data model. And so what? And we're now using Power BI to model data for other tool, other visualization tools? How cool is this? Like, I mean, that's a good blog article right there, you know? <laughs> Use Tableau to connect to Power BI, build visuals. Like, how cool is that? Because Tableau can't model data very well. So like <laughs> this is amazing. So like there's the, the, the creativity of the community is really exciting and being a part of that is just super fun, but Microsoft open it up more, give us more capability, help, help us integrate more of the community based things into what you guys are already doing. So anyways, that's my soapbox. I'll pitch. get off of that. It's a, it's a good pitch. 
So for someone budding who's not use, who's never used an external tool before and they don't know where to start, they download business ops because again, un, I don't want to say unfortunately, but there is no real true repository of every external tool available. Um, business ops is really the only platform that actually has a collection of external tools. The, if you didn't use that, you basically do a bunch of Google searches and hope you came up with a list. You download business ops, you add these external tools. And again, adding external tools are not is not going to break your computer either, even the ones that are like open a paginated report. Where do you we already talked about where do you start, but are there other other side tools or other things that why I should be using external tools outside of Tableau Editor, outside of ALM toolkit? I mean, there's the the I think the hardest part about external tools is understanding what they all do. There's a mm -hmm. couple of them that we've talked about today. So like split a PBX file, very helpful tool, not very well known. Um, another tool that's very helpful is um, the hot swap connections. Super useful tool. I use it almost every day when I'm jumping between things in the service or things that are locally to do local dev, local dev or service dev. So it's, and there's another one that's called Dax Beautifier by Davis mm -hmm. Zhang. Another really kind of interesting one, but like you don't know what you don't know. You can't like, how do you not, how do you know what these tools all do? So, I mean, part of business ops is trying to help expose all those to you and give you some other documentation. There should be links in there to all the different tools that we provide to you. So there's links to their repos. There's links to their help pages. There's links. So on the about page, we talk about all the contributors that give help to that. Read through that page, go in there and look up every tool that you can see that you think might be interesting. And there will be like another page or a website page around additional documentation. Seth, you're going to say something I, I kind of talk no, too much. I, I completely agree, right? Like the think of them as tools, though. They're not little quick things that you whip in, you know, or, or yes. don't need to spend some time in learning. Um, because for the ones that we've talked about, even they they open up the capabilities typically on the on the back end. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot to them. You have to learn how to use them, whether or not they're going to be useful for your, you know, particular use case. And I think. The business ops does a great job of consolidating that, bringing that information to light. But yeah, people need to go and and figure out which ones are going to be most useful for them. I think we've highlighted the ones that that we we think are, but there's a lot of other tools in there that people spend a lot of time solving a particular problem. Yeah, and are really really useful um, to at least know about because if you run into that particular issue, you would know that hey, I think this you know, external tool might solve that. I'll go invest more time into seeing if it would work out for me. That's actually but love yeah. the fact that they, they added the capability and um, the fact that we have these almost enterprise level tools within external tools is pretty, pretty amazing. That's actually a good point Seth. we, we really focus on the, the everyday, the essentials, so to speak, where you're going to probably use it every time, but, there's a lot of those tools out there that are kind of for like a one one or two use cases that you may not use every day, but you may find it essential at different points. For example, I mentioned at the beginning the data flow one. Um, a lot of people, if they create a um, a data flow, they'll do it in desktop and then just copy the queries. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this one tool that will actually export the JSON model, so all you have to do is just import that into the Power BI service. That's a huge time saver. Yes. Um, I think the Power BI side tools actually has a huge amount of features I, I behind it. I didn't get that one so, either. That was another one I was yeah. going to bring up. Another one is a really good uh, Dieter out of um, France is made mm -hmm. another one called Power BI side tools. Huge tool. Does a ton of yeah. little little things all here well, and there. Yeah. Exporting things, connecting to models. You connect know, to VS Code. Yeah, connect to VS Code kind of stuff. He also has in there another one that he built called Dax Generator, which is a project that we've helped build where you can actually parameterize your DAX statements and make common DAX statements that you can drag between different models. Even though your model column names are different, DAX generator will allow you to pick columns from your data model and auto inject them into DAX code. And another gentleman on the phone, on the chat here, um, I'm trying to see the name here, um, has contributed massively to, oh, Kevin Arnold. Kevin Arnold has been a huge contributor to a Git repo that we maintain We've got well over 55, 60 measures now that people have created from the community, and you can just use them in any data model. They just go anywhere. So I've done a couple of talks on this. That's like my 2022 talk here is 
how amazing the DAX generator tool is uh, because it does, it, it saves me so much time. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Love it. Any, any other good stuff that we, uh, any other tools that we missed? There's one that actually will connect to a paginated report, correct? A report um, builder? I think so. I believe so. So for those who are not yet, or who are using paginated reports, I believe there is a direct connection that will use, uh, open up report builder. Yeah, and that's a... And no, I have used it, yeah. Well, I mean, you can right now. I mean, so today, right, if you go into the PowerBI.com service, actually, I, did, I just did a demo for a client recently, and I love, actually, this this feature. Once you have a data model and you publish it to the service, there's now a right-click button on a data set that says Create Paginate Report, and you get a RDL file that automatically drops down to your desktop pre-connected to the data model in the service, and it's so much easier that some of the configuration pieces are just gone. You can just... Go in there, it has a little sample page for you, right click, drop a table in, boom, connect to your data columns, here's my measure, here's my dimension, ready to go. And it starts, it's making tables, like you can do a demo in like two minutes around making a paginated report off of an existing Power BI data model. It is super cool. So yeah, there's there's some- I, I did not see that yet. Oh man, it, I don't know if it just was recently released or what, but man, I really like that feature and the client was ecstatic because they've got a whole ton of RDL files laying around. They're like. How do we get rid of our old RDL stuff? I'm like, this is how you do it. It, I, I've, I mentioned this in one of our previous podcasts. So I, yep. like, I was astounded, even coming from the other direction where you have an old RDL file. Yep. And and just report builder just sucks it up, change the connections, publish it. It's it's literally like a ten minute exercise to take something that used to live amazing. in SharePoint or SSRS and yep. publish it to Power BI. Yep. Just they did an amazing job of just making that solving that problem so efficient. Love love the work that Chris and his teams have done because if if you think about where reports used to live, it was all paginated. It was all SSRS, mm -hmm. and now you've like you've simplified that stream to to get it into Power BI to live right alongside all the other types of reporting, which we call Power BI reports, right? Um, amazing job. Well, they made because, that yeah, easy. It is fast. It is from fast. The, from the second you said um, that that ability to just now, I've already installed Report Builder and connected to a data set and found any reports. Oh man, you just got hit so, up, Seth. Mark wants a blog post. <laughs> Mark, Mark wants a blog post, Mark, sure. Mark uh, a blog sure. post please. <laughs> so I guess, the last thing I, I do want to see with for for being on kind of the cusp of the external tools, where do we want to see it go? Because obviously, I think there's still a very high ceiling. Like, where mm -hmm. do we see it going, or where do you want it? Where do you think it should go? Ooh, this is, <laughs> I mean, I think. Go ahead, where do you want to take? Where do you want to take business ops? Because, like, I mean, if you're if we're talking about the main driver of of external tools, it's probably business ops, right? Like yeah. Microsoft has the documentation of their three tools. Yep. Um, I, I think we're privileged enough to have ours as that main grouping thing. But like, seriously, <laughs> here's, like- Here's Dexterio, here's Tabular like, Editor, know, here's ALM right, Toolkit, here's everything else in, in business ops. Know, I, I think I think what's, I think directionally, it would be getting the word out that um, there's a tool that you, you can easily integrate with, which is ours. So you're you're in the mix, right? So people don't have to go searching for it. And then maybe it's refining how um, that that tool surfaces up what problems these tools solve, Mike. You know, yeah. I, I'm yeah. spitballing here on uh, uh, on the moment, but ultimately, like, how do you the the faster we can link people to issues that they're having that external tools could potentially solve. I think it extends it even further than Microsoft already had to, right? Yeah. Like I, yes. I think the funny thing anecdotally, right? In introduction of business apps was all of a sudden they had to expand how many icons yeah. could be used in yeah. a ribbon because yep. you could technically fill up the entire ribbon, ribbon of, and of, it's full the desktop. Yeah. And how does that work? Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think they were only thinking about the the first three, but I, the, what the community has already done, I think now is just a, a, how do you solve the volume problem? And maybe there's a search feature or something else that directs people to um, which external tool is, is going to solve something for them, right? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. like that one a lot. So he, here's what I would go to, right? So a lot of these external tools, 
today, if you're going to add them to your machine, require admin level privileges because in order for them to add uh, the what they call the PBI tools external JSON file into Power BI Desktop, you have to put that file in a secure location. This is a super nitpicky thing from my standpoint. I would prefer if we could do external tools and install them on machines where we don't need to have admin privileges to install these tools. Right now, that's kind of what's happening because you can't add that external tool into Power BI unless you have admin privileges. I get that. I understand it's a pain. But what I would also say is because there are so many tools right now, one of the things where I think we're going with this, right? I don't want to have to continually install tools over and over and over again. I would like tools to just to kind of auto update themselves in place. And, you know, if I'm going to install an admin level tool to get all these external tools, I really do need a business ops solution. So I can go to my IT group and say, I need to install this one tool called business ops that gives me access to all the other tools. So, you know, my, my feeling here is, you know, I'm going to continue working with Microsoft as closely as I can to have business ops be able to install itself without admin privileges for those who need it. And then when I need to provide admin privileges to go ahead, add these tools into Power BI, we have the ability of kind of like turning on the admin dial. And that way we only have a one-time effort to then install these tools. And then once they're installed, business ops can manage all the updates for these things. And that way it always keeps things up to date for you. So there are some big revisions coming to business ops that will then install it once and it will auto update itself. And you can pick out which tools you want to update and not update. We're going to make it a bit more seamless for people to, to get into this, into this space. But my, where, where does external tools go? I don't know, right? Microsoft is adding more solid features to desktop. They call it hardening around what you can edit inside the data model. I think that's a big win. I think that's a huge win for us. You know, being able to create a table, you can't technically create a Power BI table today unless you use uh, Dieter's uh, DAX generator side tool because all the other tools are kind of blocking that because it's technically an unsupported feature. But I think the Microsoft hardening their desktop application to accept changes from third-party tools is a huge win because that simplifies a lot of what other people can do. And yeah, you can start scripting. And again, that's what DAX generator does. I can script multiple DAX statements to be run at once. I can create a table. I can inject measures. I can do six, seven things at one time. And I think when people are enabled to create automation around what they regularly do in desktop, that's going to make a big difference. And where I hope things go is where Microsoft opens up desktop enough where I can programmatically adjust the visuals on the page even. That would be even better. So I don't know if we'll ever get there. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a progression in time, right? Excel's been out for, I don't know what, 30 years, something like that, right? Excel day one wasn't having VBA, right? You couldn't do VBA inside Excel version one. But here we are 30 years later, and now we have all these rich Excel tools, add-ins, and VBA and custom code. And like, you can now have a bit more pro dev inside the Excel space. I see the same thing happening for Power BI Desktop. It's just a matter of what Microsoft's priorities are, right? They they have to cover the baseline yeah. of the visuals. They're so busy with coming out with new features goals. for the service and well, the incredible you, goals that just it, came out. That's so, you yeah, know, everyone loves. Like the, the main focus of the three tools that they promoted, right? It, yeah. It, un, it unlocked the the ability for us to go get into the back end of the tabular model mm -hmm. right from power bi we had it in azure analysis services right where you had access to the whole back end mm -hmm. now with premium and these three tools you know we you've unlocked that area of power bi from the enterprise perspective and mike i think what you're outlining is great now unlock for us mm -hmm. everything we have we had with report builder all the properties of mm -hmm. something all the back end so that we yep. can configure yep. and or modify these pieces of of what we need to for the other half of what what uh, makes up the power bi report correct um and the more more control you have the more fun stuff you can you can put together and automate yes 100% with that automation is key here right yeah it, it, we've built enough reports. I mean, people who are new to Power BI Desktop probably okay clicking on a couple things and doing a little extra clicks mm -hmm. and discovering yeah. where things are. They got to learn, yeah. But people who are seasoned, right? We know what features are there. We we don't want to click all the buttons all the time, right? We just want we just want it to go. Like, where's my natural language Q and A for the properties pane? That's what I need, Microsoft. Build me build me AI for the properties pane. I just want to talk to my computer. Turn off the axis. Turn on the Y axis. You know. 
Remove title. New title name. Blah 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 blah. And just say it. That would be amazing. That would I'll, I'll I would use I that. would use that. Let me do that. I would use that more than dash you generation. Talk to power BI? What was that? I, I'd yeah. rather do C yeah. script. I'm gonna go, to I want to talk to my Power BI X-Men. through my microphone, and I wanted to. I wanted to change properties on my visuals when I talk to it. That would be huge. I don't think that that works with accents. A Siri, turn off the X axis. <laughs> Who asked you? Oh. Well, to, well, <laughs> you actually, actually you actually turned on Siri at that point. Love it. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> Awesome. Hopefully everyone's um, devices are now going bananas now because everyone heard Tommy <laughs> say it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, well, I think with that one, we've burned through a, a solid hour here together. This has been a great conversation. Thank you all for in the chat window. You've been like super lively. There's been a lot of comments here. Great things. So if you're following along on the YouTube video, uh, thank you very much for watching. Our only ask for this is if you just share this with someone else. If you found some value here, if there's a couple external tools you did not hear or learn about or something new that you heard, Share it on social media. Tell someone at work about it. Send an email to your boss and say, this is amazing. We should get these external tools in our in our environment. You should. I mean, re- realistically, this stuff will save you hours of time. It, I cannot stress it enough. And I think we're going to have to probably even do some more episodes on this in the future talking about, like, all of the tools. We're gonna, we're, we will need to do some homework on the tools that we've already collected and ones that we're finding out there to continually add more. Like, hey, did you guys know about this tool and this tool? There's a, probably a couple of good topics around just finding extra stuff. Anyways, with that, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? So you can find the podcast anywhere it's available. If you're listening live right now, make sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify or anywhere podcasts are available. Leave a rating. really helps us out. If you're listening, join the conversation live Tuesdays and Thursdays, 730 a.m. Central. Follow Power BI Tips on YouTube and LinkedIn for the latest episodes that are going to come out. And we've been getting a lot better with our links. The links are really the real yeah. links now. So I figured out what maybe the solution is. So we're going to keep rolling with it. So thank you all very much. We'll see you next week.